Good morning, 859 on Connect FM, and a very special opportunity for us here. The Republican candidate for the Pennsylvania U.S. Senate seat in the upcoming midterm election, Dr. Mehmet Oz, is joining us for just a few minutes today on your Friday morning connection. Thank you, Dr. Oz, for taking some time this morning to talk with us, and thank you for coming to Dubois. Greatly honored. Actually, I'm looking forward to having breakfast at the diner right across the street. If anyone's nearby, swing on through. Yeah, we're going to talk about that specifically here in just a minute about what you are doing in Dubois in just a few minutes. But let's begin with this. I think um, everyone that's listening today is familiar with, with you. They are familiar with your background, career as a medical professional and television personality. Uh, could you share with us what prompted you to make a change in your career and get involved in politics, especially the race for Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate seat. You know, my father was an immigrant, actually grew up on a dirt floor, uh, was, was raised in a farmer's family, and was educated by scholarship, because at the time, it was the only real chance he had of moving up in life. And once he finished his training, he'd done very well. The United States was looking for folks like him, mm-hmm. Because America realized that what you really wanted is the smartest, hardworking people you can get. And so he was given a scholarship to come to this country, and he witnessed the American dream. Mm-hmm. It was real for him and for me. Our whole family appreciated that if you work hard, you respect people around you, you do things that are healthy and, and, and advance America's interests, then you get to experience the American dream. You do well as well. And my entire life has been about that. And when I was in medical school, which I went to at Penn, we settled just south of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was at, at med school at Penn, uh, I realized, for example, we weren't teaching prevention at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought that doesn't make sense because if doctors don't know how to teach you how to eat well, you're not going to know how to eat well. You won't actually think it's important. So I became president of the student body and I began to realize that in that context, I could actually get prevention in the medicine. Well, if you can do it there, you can do lots of other things. Mm-hmm. And when I started my show, which for 13 years was, was a top health show um, in the world, I began to realize that uh, that all people want empowerment. They all want to be given tools to make them world experts in their bodies. And I was proud that the American dream had allowed me to realize that. And when I saw that dream looking a little tarnished, no longer respected by all in America, and seeing elements of our population, the far left radicals, saying things about the American dream that I didn't agree with, I felt compelled to put my hand up and volunteer to run for office. I'm very proud of it. Um, I did have to stop operating, which I was doing, and stop doing the show because you have to be dedicated 100%. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, the most important lesson that I learned in med school was to listen. Mm -hmm. A great doctor listens to his patients, and then the patients basically tell you without realizing it most of what we need to do. And that's what I want to do as your senator, listen to you, hear you, and focus in on the issues that I know will make your lives better. That's great. And as you visit communities across Pennsylvania, especially the rural ones like our Dubois area here, what are people saying to you? uh, What are they talking about most as the primary issues of concern for them? Without question. And GT, uh, your congressman has been a great mentor of mine. And so I've been, you know, very thoughtful about farming issues. And many people talk about the the value, the the richness of Pennsylvania based on what's under the soil, but a lot of it's on top of the soil. Mm -hmm. And it's about one and a half percent of the people in Pennsylvania are farmers, but you influence a gargantuan amount of the state budget. And if we don't take care of our farmers, we lose the raw material that makes Pennsylvania so special. So issues that I'm hearing about start with energy prices because it's so critical to how farmers are able to, 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 to subsist, to keep a farm going, to buy fertilizer, to ship their products. Second big issue I'm hearing about is lack of help. 
They, they need more folks coming in. And I, listen, I want to close the border. I think it's a catastrophe that we're allowing so many illegal immigrants across that we don't know anything about. And the generally people that are going to, you know, that we're going to have to pay for potentially for the rest of our lives. Also, I don't want cartels running human trafficking operations, you know, which not only makes them money, which they can use to buy narcotics, but they also now run narcotics across the border with the people, and that leads to fentanyl deaths. And in all parts of Pennsylvania, we have some of the highest rates of fentanyl deaths from drug overdoses. And in America, in general, we had 100,000 people die from drug overdoses last year. That's four times more than died from COVID under the age of 50. Mm. So these are issues that farmers are attuned to. I would allow legal immigration for workers, seasonal workers who are allowed to come and work on the farms and help our farmers. And finally, we have to change tax law so we don't have farmers who are being hurt when a member of the family passes and they have to divide their farms up. These are issues that uh, do not serve our farming community and it's places where government should do better. Now, family values and strong Christian traditions and ethics, very important to people in communities like, uh, like the Dubois community. Would you speak to uh, what it is you believe and where you stand on issues that impact families today? Well, my mother-in-law is an ordained minister, mm-hmm. and we live next to the church that her grandfather built uh, in uh, Montgomery County, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, for us, you know, it's a beautiful experience. And the cathedral that they built um, was a, was symbolic because it's purposely never finished because God's work is never done. Mm-hmm. My wife went to seminary. Um, we uh, we are very proud uh, of how we've raised our kids. They've all uh, they're, they're you know Christian and baptized. Uh, the issue that most people have to focus on in, in with faith is how does it apply to our civic life it's not just a nice thing to do on sundays and you know pray and then at 45 minutes later you're out uh, this is much more about how you apply it to every single day and i think faith and family uh, are intertwined and in critical parts of america and we need that civic bond to pull us together to allow us to talk to people we wouldn't always agree with but you know with, with our mutual faith understand that there's bigger issues we need to address together and i think that's where faith can play a role and i have in particular because i'm interested in education mm-hmm. um, i started a foundation called health courts all over the country we've saved it in not saved, touched the lives of uh, more than a million children by getting them to understand how their bodies works and getting them to have more mental resilience, to be tougher, to deal with the challenges of life. Um, but uh, you know, when I, when I talk, talk to these kids, oftentimes I'm thinking, well, the parents of these kids don't have a lot of choice about where these kids go to school. And we're dealing with underserved kids. Mm-hmm. So if you look at some of the, the Christian schools, and you know, uh, they, they do a great job educating young people. They can do it with faith. My, my wife went to a religious school. And I think that's something we should be supporting in America. And when you give parents choice, including choice of religious schools, it opens up opportunities for everybody to compete more effectively. And that's been the secret of America's success, competition. Ronald Reagan liked to say that we need to get the federal government off of people's backs and out of their pockets. Do you think the same way? And if you are serving in the Senate next year, how can that be accomplished? I admire Ronald Reagan, the first first president I cast a vote for. <laughs> I was in college in 1980. Uh, he's right. We, you know, I, I was with a farmer. We had a big event with farmers up in the Erie uh, area, and a farmer, apple farmer, said, "You know, I, I wanted to do the right thing for my community, so I got my tractor, hitched a wagon to it. I would take the kids, uh, you know, 100 yards down the road, so they could actually pick the apples themselves. It was like a little adventure. The state came by and said, "You know, you know that wagon you put on the back of the tractor." Uh, that's an amusement park. And now we're going to have to tax you, and here's all the paperwork. And the guy stopped doing it. That's not how to help. <laughs> what Ronald Reagan was getting at is not just don't tax people unfairly, get them out of your pocketbook, but 
Get them out of your head. We have all these rules and regulations in Pennsylvania that do not advance our mutual desire to improve the lives of each other. And they should be taken away. And I will pledge in the Senate to do two things. One, I'd like to get rid of a lot of the regulations that were not actually legislated. But secondly, we got to write better laws. And I say that not not about, you know, specifically I'll say that laws are often written very vaguely. When you write a vague law, you're letting a bureaucrat, not elected, make decisions about what you actually meant. And if the laws are written more precisely and thoughtfully and thoroughly, then there's less room, less wiggle room for bureaucrats to start taking liberties with what you meant to say. Because I don't want the EPA thinking they're gonna run every aspect of every part of every community in America. That's not the point. That, that's, you know, I strongly support the 10th Amendment which is separation of church, uh, no, sorry, separation of state and federal government obligations. If it's not in the Constitution, then the states get to decide. So the federal government needs to pull back. U.S. senators, of course, not only need to address the concerns and issues of the state they're representing, but also those of the country as a whole. What do you see as the most crucial issues, both foreign and domestic, that the United States is facing right now? There is no question, number one by far, is China. So much of what I hear traveling around rural areas and industrial areas of Pennsylvania come to the, uh, to the deeper issue that China controls too much of our future. If you want to have more renewable energy sources, we have to have batteries that are not made in China. We have to have solar panels that are not made in China. And we don't have that freedom right now because we have a government uh, ideology, a belief system. And they can be like religions as well, by the way. If you believe the Green New Deal is the only way out there, that's dogma. You're not going to you know, waver on that whatsoever. I mean, if it makes no rational sense. And so we have to be able to free our country to compete. And you do that by reducing regulations that are unnecessary, encouraging people to make investments in places like chips and hydrogen power and nuclear power too, that would allow us to be energy dominant in this country and use those, those affordable energy sources to power our manufacturing and our farmers. Dr. Raj, your Democrat opponent in this race is John Fetterman. Uh, would you take a few moments to speak how the two of you are different in your viewpoints and, uh, and what voters are going to be choosing between in November? John Fetterman is the most radical candidate for the United States Senate of any competitive Senate race in the country. That's a pretty bold statement, and it's demonstrably true. He's also, I think, the most radical candidate ever to run for statewide office in Pennsylvania. To give you an idea of what he believes, and this year you have to understand these details. You know, he endorsed Bernie Sanders, and the two of them together want to abolish all private health care, get rid of all private health care. And they call each other the two most progressive candidates in America. He wants to release one-third of all prisoners and get rid of all life sentences, no matter what you've done wrong. He's for the, uh, the legalization of all drugs. Uh, he feels strongly that we should have an open border, which I think would be a catastrophe because then we won't have legal immigration. And he strongly believes that fracking is a stain on Pennsylvania, wants to regulate it, and has said some pretty harsh things about a sector that is disrespectful to the many people who make their living in that area. And these are the kinds of statements he's made very comfortably because he's so far out there, so radical. Now, I mentioned that I grew up in an immigrant family, taught to work hard every single day. My opponent, John Fetterman, by his own admission, grew up uh, in privilege. And his parents have paid for him uh, his whole life. So his life experience is very different from mine. He instinctively believes big government is better because that's what he's seen. Come on in with the rules and the bureaucrats and let them fix the problem. I believe in you because I believe in the American dream. 
I believe you and your individualism will make the best decisions for you and your family and your church. You'll be able to do what's best for the community, which will, and a community that empowers you, will trust you, will allow you to do what's best for them. I don't want the federal government coming into your hometown, as Ronald Reagan said, putting their hands in, their, in your pocket. Because if they're strong enough to help you, they're pow- powerful enough to control you. And that's a slippery slope we don't want to be on in America. Now, let's uh, get on to why you are in Dubois today. In just a few minutes, you're going to be heading across the street to Logan's Quick Lunch. What will you be doing there? Eating, <laughs> having coffee. I, I, you know, the, the most important thing a doctor does is to listen. Mm-hmm. So I come to Dubois to, to listen. I want to hear what's going on in people's lives. What are the issues that are concerning you? You know, My opponent, John Fetterman, has not left his home, with, with one exception, since the primary He's hiding there, believing that they can create a hologram of him, um, an image of him with commercials. He's basically a consumer product now. And I'm saying, no, that's not right for democracy. Uh, and I've challenged him to debates. From you know, five reputable big media companies have created debates. I've agreed to all five. He won't take any of them. This is the challenge we all have. I want to hear what the people here have to say about that. What are the issues that concern them that I can help them with? What are the threats that they feel we are not addressing appropriately? And what can we together as a united Commonwealth and nation do to make it better. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Memedaz, for carving out a few minutes. I know you have a very busy campaign schedule, and uh, we appreciate you talking with us here on Connect FM, and have a great day. Blessings.